What's going on guys? My name is Aldenero and welcome to episode 131 of the Midnight Hour. Today's guest is a recurring guest and a very popular guest. It's Steve from Codaline uh, coming back on the show for a conversation about anything and everything really. Um, we do spend a little bit of time talking about the new Codaline album which is out today. Um, so go ahead and give that a listen. It's called One Day at a Time. And um, I really just am doing this like pre-intro to say that Steve had a lot of uh, connection issues at the time that we were recording this. So there are moments that are very choppy and it's a little bit all over the place. I wouldn't describe it as a train wreck, but it's probably some kind of a wreck, um, some kind of vehicular wreck, I would say. But um, yeah, for real though, it's a it was a really like fun conversation to have. I hope that you guys enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And um, yeah, all relevant links will be in the description and everything like that. But just there will be certain moments where the audio seems to mess up a little bit, or where it may seem like we we jump from one topic to another, and that's really just because the connection cut out and some stuff was recording and some stuff wasn't. Um, but either way, I still think that it's actually quite listenable and I wouldn't put it up if it wasn't. So, um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy listening to it and hopefully I get a new microphone <laughs> set up soon because uh, I think the audio is a little bit poor on this one. But what would the Midnight Hour be with good audio? Anyways, um, hopefully you guys enjoy the episode and uh, I bring you Steve from Codaline. Right. Do, do you want, will I start? Imagine... Like straight away, you're like, "Will I start?" And then I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm cool. Yeah, cool. Far away, and then straight away, you're like, "This is mad." And you're listening. You never say your name, actually. Sorry. I actually do. I've started. Well, Andy gave it away, so I just said, "Ah, fuck it." Oh, okay. This is uh He gave it away, or will I just make the fake name? Anyway, okay. You can the, give it away. Yeah. Moment is gone. I was just gonna say. <laughs> Imagine you put on a really, really like just completely changed because a lot of people do that, you know, on TV and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like if, they'd be like, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Anyway, here we are today. And we are, you know, like, it's like, no, but it's, it's not even like, it's not even subtle. It's like, all right, man. Yeah, I'll start now. All right. Three, two. What's going on, lads? Today <laughs> is episode 131 at a fucking midnight hour. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good impression as well, man. Yeah, it's uh, a proper, proper, proper gangster in London. Well, I am a gangster, as, as we know. A London gangster. That's correct, yeah. <laughs> I'm a model citizen in Ireland, but when I go to London, I just become a gangster immediately. Like People start coming up to me, handing me phones. I get shoveled into the backseat of cars. It's like a whole thing. It's like it's like you're living in a Guy Ritchie movie over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly like that. In fact, I, I'm a consultant on Guy Ritchie's films because of my experience. Make, 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 make sense. <laughs> New Twitter bio. There probably there probably is a consultant on those movies who's lived it. You know. I'd say so. Yeah, they do, don't they? Like. Um, the fella that Goodfellas was based on, I'm pretty sure they used to listen to interviews with him like on the way to the set and everything like that just to try and get into his head. And They used to have loads of gangsters, like actual fucking convicted criminals on the set and all. I think actually 
I think on Love Hate they had the same type of situation, like like Dublin gangsters were there. I think so. Yeah, pretty sure I read that. No, I might have dreamed that. Um, I know, yeah, the, well, the Goodfellas thing is based around your man. He was like an FBI informant. Yeah, Henry Hill. Yeah. Came up in, yeah. So, yeah, he was involved in that movie, yeah, which is mad. But crazy. He, um, he turned up to the screening of it, I think, and broke his witness protection there and then in the screening by telling everyone that he was the real Henry Hill. Wow. It takes a certain kind of someone, doesn't it? To do a thing like that. Yeah, I mean, he put his own life at risk there as well, but sure. Oh, well. Fair play to him. Yeah, fair play to him indeed. Um, right. Uh, I guess this will be the start then. <laughs> Lovely, like, <laughs> walking in from talking about gangsters. Cool. Right, so welcome back to the Midnight Hour, Steve. Yeah, um, cheers. Thanks for having me. It's How does it feel? How does it feel to be here? To be honest, I've been I've been dreaming of this moment. I've been having nightmares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I've been in better places, but this is fine. Huh? I've been having dream. I've, gone through phases of having dreams like good dreams you know like, oh my god i can't wait for the midnight hour when i get back there it's going to be awesome then i've also had nightmares you know where i've woken up in cold sweats and i'm thinking oh my god i can't do it i can't do it i don't know i don't know what to do so so yeah it's it's been it's been a long journey I think it's been two <laughs> yeah i can't i can't even remember i think it was i think it was like 2017 you were on last or something like that yeah Okay, maybe three years. Well, no, wait. It was two years. No, it's two years. Because it was because before Politics of Living came out. It was, yeah, and also I had gotten an operation on my back, which I remember. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was May two thousand and eighteen, actually. So it's more or less two years. I think you're. Over. Yeah, I think you're dead right. I, I remember it was around the time to follow your fire was released i'm pretty sure because i named the episode follow your fire <laughs> and out of context that would make no sense whatsoever <laughs> so i'm sure that song was in some way involved in the process but yeah yeah well yeah how you been um fine like i i keep you know people always ask like how are you doing because people are checking up on people during these times and i feel like pretty guilty for saying it but like i'm doing really well like i'm very very lucky to be in the position that i'm in i have like i can do my job from home um i'm naturally an introvert so leaving the house is incredibly difficult for me at the best of times so um it's i don't know i just i have it like this is a good setup for me you know like i hope that when this is all over that my job will continue to let me work from home and um you know, it'd be nice to go into town and go to the pub and stuff like that, but I can do without it for the time being, given everything that's at stake and all. So, um, like, I'm doing good. <laughs> How about you? How is it for you? That's cool. Great to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've had good days and bad days. The whole, I find the whole thing very, very bizarre. Mm. And I don't think, um, I, I don't think we'll ever, 
ever back to where we were before it. I think there'll be some sort of new normal. You know, I'd say the whole distance keeping and all that will carry on for a good while, you know. Mm. And as you said, like pubs and stuff like that, I'd love to go into town or something, you know, or even go for a pint with mates or something. But yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen. I, for the most part, I've just kind of been working on music, staying in and yeah, just doing interviews and stuff from home, which is strange, but yeah, it so far so good. I just find the whole thing bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre, yeah. It, I, I think though, like you're right about a new normal. I, I think people should seriously have a look at, like even just the concept of shaking hands and stuff like that. Like if you look at, you know, all the flu season comparisons that are made for how germs are spread and all that, like now that we know all of that, could we maybe just adapt that going forward into our... And I, I suppose it'd be especially hard in your industry because you probably have to shake hands with a lot of people all the fucking time, like interviews and, you know, um, shoots and all that stuff. Well, it's kind of strange because in Asia, people do shake hands, but they don't really shake hands. Well, they didn't shake hands um, a lot. It was more of a bow and kind of a mm. thing. Um, but yeah, I did... I did shake hands a lot, but I don't know. It's going to be weird, especially for live musicians and touring bands and touring artists and stuff. The whole live thing, or even people who love to go to gigs like yourself, you know, mm. music lovers in general, live shows are going to be weird. Like, I know I've already heard that they're talking about like having a quarter of the audience in certain venues so everybody will be apart from each other and in my head that's no way to experience a gig yeah you know, I how agree. are you supposed to like it'd be so awkward mm. it's just it wears the the atmosphere and you know the energy or even if it's like heavier music like how are you supposed to do a socially distanced mosh pit <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of people five meters apart jumping up and down like see you when i get over there you're dead <laughs> yeah i mean it's impossible so the yeah. whole thing has to be figured out, you know. But, um, I think yeah. music is too interactive as well. Like, I've been thinking about this a fair bit, and I've seen the mock-ups that they've done in the States on socially distant gigs where they just put in seating and, and people are seated, like, a few seats apart to watch it. But, like, I remember when I went to see, um, like, Sage Francis, for example, at the Sugar Club, as soon as he came on stage, everybody got up out of their seat and walked straight down to the very front of the stage. Or, like when I went to see Biffy Clyro at the Tree Arena, um, when they, like, they played, um, what's that song? Uh, you know the song that goes like, Son of Henry, I'm the first in line, to the throne, son of mustard gas. What's that yeah, song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when they were playing that, like, there was a little mosh pit, and then when they played uh, Machines, everybody shuffled up to the front, like all, like, it's just such an interactive experience that people naturally you know move and congregate and stuff and i just don't think you can socially distance that out with people like at any stage so particularly in ireland like our our fans are very um interactive and enthusiastic yeah yeah well it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens because i don't think anybody knows right now people are all just kind of speculating and trying to figure out a way to actually do it yeah yeah because because until there's a vaccine or whatever, we can't actually do the gigs the way they used to be, you know? So yeah. it's, it's the whole thing is bizarre. But 
yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed it works out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you were supposed to play three nights in the Olympia. And uh, obviously they had to be postponed till. Is it next year they're happening now? Well, it was eight nights, but we, we postponed them. And we're just waiting to see what the government says. Mm. And um, I don't know. Like, to be honest, I have no idea if they're going to go ahead or not. And yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody does. We had we had a, an American tour and a European tour as well that hadn't been announced. Um, we were supposed to do that at the end of the year, but definitely off. And yeah, well, I've been told that we probably won't be touring for at least another year. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been told that I probably won't be back in the office until the end, until the beginning of the next year at the earliest. So it's like, well, pretty final, isn't it? Like, that's pretty. That gives you a fair indication that no one is making provisions for like an end to it anytime soon. So it just kind of is what it is. Like that's that. Yeah. I think it is kind of cool. Well, look, I mean, it's very, it depends on who you are, but working from home, like I know a lot of people who always really wanted to do that and now they're getting a chance to do it and they're really yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Like you said yourself, you know, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I actually think that I do better <laughs> in this kind of environment. Like genuinely, it's it's easier for me. I'm more comfortable. Like I, I've I've always thought that it's like I work in in corporate finance, and there's a code of conduct that you're supposed to follow in corporate finance. You're supposed to dress well. Like you're not supposed to. You're supposed to be very professional. Um, and like all of, all of these things, like I'm not an unprofessional person, but my sense of humor is very out there compared to most of the people in the office and stuff like that. But like when I'm at home, like I'll have, I'll have Age of Empires 2 streaming on this TV right here while I'm working and like no one can say anything to me about it because I still meet all my targets and I still get the job done. So like, it's just, it feels so much better for me. Like, you know, it's, it's well, like, it's, it's your own space. Exactly. And it's like for the first time ever, I'm being judged entirely on my job performance rather than stuff like my attitude or my appearance or, you know, my professionalism or, you know, any of these that are kind of vague things that don't actually really mean anything when, when push comes to shove or like, you know, when it boils down to what it is to actually judge an employee of a company, like it's, you're being judged on the exact thing that you should be judged on. And that's like, I think like, the, my biggest struggle throughout my entire life has been that like in school I always got pretty good grades but my teachers were always unhappy with me because of other reasons and I was like does it fucking matter if I'm doing the thing like and like now it doesn't so it's good yeah that's a fair point actually yeah Pretty yeah good. um so do you want to talk about the new album <laughs> I didn't freeze. <laughs> I didn't freeze there. I just didn't talk. Um, it's great when you try to know the awkward. Yeah. Silence. Well, people are asking me. People are in my DMs asking me about the new Colored Line album. So maybe you should fucking say a word or two about it. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that people leave me alone. <laughs> well, yeah, we were going to. Well, we did this album ourselves. We produced it ourselves. We did it in Dublin in our little studio. And we actually 
did nine to five, which was bizarre. That's never worked for me ever. Because mm. I'd usually, as a songwriter, I'd wake up at like, or I'd be up late. I'm really a, a nice owl. Yeah. And I'd, well, actually, even the songs that I did write on this album, I wrote really late the night before, usually. So I kept doing that. But as a band in the studio, we worked nine to five, which was really strange, but surprisingly productive. And yeah, the, the final result is pretty cool. The, I think I'm pretty proud of it and I'm excited to release it. We weren't going to release it, but we decided against it because I think our fans will really appreciate it. It's mm -hmm. more, I think it's a good representation of where we're at right now as well, just as musicians and songwriters and stuff. And the overall sound as well, it's, it came from us and nobody else. And that's kind of the most important thing. So yeah, yeah. I think there's been a big appetite for that um, based on like the stuff that I see. Um, I know that the, like a lot of people, I don't know if it's like a shift in general in music now, but people seem to be crying for more of a stripped back sort of approach to things. And I don't know if that's because um, like YouTube has gotten so popular and there's so many like self-made singer songwriters appearing on the scene or something like that, that it's just revitalized or re-energized the sort of a, like a bare bones approach to songwriting or something but um i don't know i remember when you played the demos for me like very long time ago do you know when that was it was like eight or nine months ago or something like that i think did i what did i play for you um the one where i, I forget the names of them but the, there was the one where you um listened to the, the one that mentioned listening to a podcast which um Oh yeah, oh yeah, I did play them for you. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, I forgot that sometimes. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's a straight up pop song, but I I really like the lyric in it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because it came from a very personal place or whatever. But yeah, I totally forgot that scene. You know. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think I played you like a couple of demos and a few of the ones like that was at the very start kind of of making the album yeah like, you got the um, office space and stuff like that at the time yeah we have the little studio set up and um that was kind of i think in the first that was after the first week or something like that i remember or mm. maybe it, it was very early on it was probably a year ago i'd say was it a conscious choice to do the nine to five thing Not really. I think we kind of all just came to an agreement. I, I just agreed. I kind of wanted to get in and get out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, not not for any reason in particular, just because, you know, we spend a lot of time together and touring. So we, we'd pretty much be on the road and then we'd get home and then we go straight into the studio. So I don't know. It just kind of worked out that way. We all kind of decided amongst ourselves to do nine to five and mm. yeah it worked out well it's an interesting approach yeah, okay. it was a, a lot of people do it and damon alburn i think does it from blur and he's been doing it for years and he really? swears yeah. by it wow yeah and then there's a few others as well that have tried it and a lot of producers do it like as soon as it hits five o'clock or whatever they'll go right i'm going home even if it's in the middle of an amazing part of a song or you're mm. going through this amazing in inspirational moment you know and you're like really in the zone 
the producer could turn around and go, right, it's five o'clock, I'm off. And you're like, what the fuck? I bet you that's <laughs> so, what happened to the yeah. sec. I bet you that's what happened to the second half of Sweet Child O' Mine. You know the way it's like the best song ever until the bridge when it just completely turns to shit. I bet you the producer was just like, right, finish it yourselves. And then Axl Rose was like, where are we going now? And then that was, that's what happened to that song. <laughs> It's unfortunate. Yeah, but then Slash came back and did that epic solo, solo number two. Slash. Dude, I saw um I saw Manic Street Preachers live a while back and they covered Sweet Child of Mine and it was like sensational, like an amazing cover of it. Like they fucking nailed it. Well, that's Isn't- solo. Yeah, like, isn't that really surprising? Because, like, James Dean Bradfield is an amazing vocalist, but you would never associate him with that sort of, like, the pitch even that Axl Rose sings at. But, um, no, they, they knocked it out of the park. It was actually just a sensational it, it, performance. It's more so the guitar part. I remember when I was learning guitar as a teenager, I used to go up to Jerry in River Valley. Mm. Uh, and um, I asked him, would he be able to teach me Sweet Child of Mine, the first solo. And there's a part in it that just goes really, really fast. And it's like, it just makes, it, it's incredibly hard. If you can play that, you're amazing. Like, mm-hmm. But he gave me the tab for it. And I was looking at the tab and I was like, how is it, how can somebody's fingers even move that fast? Like, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. I, I kind of learned it but i'd never like it was absolutely no i never learned it so i couldn't play it maybe i thought i could play it when i was a teenager but yeah, no yeah. i couldn't play it um so yeah i mean slash the, the sweet child of mine is a great track and uh axel rose's voice is very unique and all that but for mm. guns and roses um i think slash is like the driving force behind that sound and you know uh, yeah yeah and the riffs the riffs as well think of welcome to the jungle and uh paradise mm. city you know, they yeah. all start with these like riffs you know and yeah. sweet child of mine the riff you know it's amazing oh it's it's like yeah. it's an unstoppable sort of riff like and even i i love axel rose's vocals on it too and just the lyrics like it's a gorgeous song i just think that the bridge is just so bad like even the fact that he's singing where do we go now because literally that is the question they were asking themselves like we don't know where to take this song where do we go now and like i i guess like on a meta level it's actually kind of a clever thing and it's like a neat little layer of the songwriting process but i just i don't know i just I, i'm not trying i don't know I'm not trying to bait you into confirming my bias here but i just oh, it really no, loses I, I, I actually haven't listened to them in a very very long time but i mm-hmm. did like I, I loved them as a teenager same yeah when i was a kid like appetite for destruction was a super important album for me um and i don't know what happened i went from guns and roses to bon jovi i'm pretty sure it's supposed to go the other way around for anyone who likes rock music like <laughs> but uh i don't know it was what it was i guess that's that um well when bon jovi came out with it's my life it's hmm. now or never that was a that was how I, that's how I was introduced to Bon Jovi as a... Really? Wow. Out, yeah. And that's then some, I discovered their older stuff. It's an amazing comeback story, isn't it? Like, to have a hit like that in the year 2000, after everything that they had done in the 80s, like, to be able to come out yeah. with an album. Like, what was the... Crush, I think, was the album. Um, 
but like I can't wow. remember the title of it. So. Yeah, they did. There's a few. There's a few um, comeback stories like that in music that I really, really admire. And another one is Green Day when they came back with American Idiot, and like all of a sudden, like they were a pop. Or sorry, they were a, like a pop punk band who were sort of they had reached their peak and they were kind of just gradually falling, getting worse and worse. And then American Idiot just propelled them to like international superstars. What they did, like, yeah, they were kind of, they were like a cult. Obviously like Dookie and Nimrod were absolutely mm. iconic and unbelievable, you know? Yeah, they're class. But then they, they kind of didn't really release much, but I remember them releasing that song, Warning. Yeah, I, I love that song so much. Warning. And that, that, I thought that was awesome. But, Me too. Th- but then this kind of rebirth of Green Day came with um, just, it, it was turned into a musical. Uh, yeah, American no. Idiots and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, what's the one? So, Wake Me Up When September Ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that whole album is, is amazing. But, it's... Yeah, there's very, very few bands ever have actually kind of, done that and the bands that have done that are just like the biggest bands in the world you know exactly kind of yeah eight, eight years later and all that you know yeah yeah like it's very uncommon for a band to hit commercial peak so late in their well not, not even late in their career necessarily but like so far into their album like into their discography life cycle i don't know i'm always like so impressed when i think about it like it, I don't know, even like, I guess you could probably say the same thing about Blink-182 self-titled album, but they kind of imploded after, so it's harder to award them the accolades for it, because there's so much like murky water there with them. But, um, I I'm, saw a video there recently, like, I don't uh, them. I'm a huge fan, but uh, mm-hmm. they had a video of like of some new song, and uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 is it is it the one is it the dark side is it that one it's like a bunch of kids doing what, the fortnite the, dances yeah. in red t-shirts and yeah yeah and they're doing they're doing the fortnite and like a year after that fortnite dance has been yeah. last year's i know yeah it's really like yeah, it, it was it was quite cringy but um it's, but listen what a legendary band! Like, they're, I've seen them three times. Yeah, they're literally. I I don't know. I've I've told this like I've said this a few times on the podcast. I think I even said it last time you were on the podcast, right? But like bands I have seen live. Okay, I've seen Bruce Springsteen live eight times in four countries. I've seen the Stone Roses live. I've seen Oasis live. I've seen um like I don't know like name a band that I love. I've seen them live. All of them. Like all of the great. You've seen you've seen wait you've seen Oasis live. Yeah yeah. When? 2009 in Murrayfield. I think it was June 17th. It might be the exact date. Wow. Was that when they were doing like Lila and all that? The... It was, they they did sing that, yeah, but it wasn't that album cycle. It was the Big Out Your Soul album. Um, they did the Shock of the Lightning and um, I'm Out of Time, uh, those songs, which I, I think are like overlooked in their yeah. discography, but yeah. So like they ended it with um, "I Am the Walrus" and like you know did all the hits. Savage, savage gig. I am the walrus. Yeah, Oasis do an amazing cover of "I Am the Walrus." You should check it out on uh, it's it's on their album, not album. It's on their compilation, "The Master Plan." 
Um, I think it's track six or something like that. Um, wow, I never, I never knew. Yeah, they do a full electric um, cover of it. It's amazing to listen to. I think I think I only kind of came to appreciate them. Like Noel Gallagher is a genius of a mm. songwriter, and like, like I don't. I think ever, ever since they broke up, I kind of learned to appreciate them way more, and just they're both awesome. I even love Liam's new stuff as well. Yeah, me too. Oasis, yeah, it's it's refreshing too in a weird way. It's like it scratches an itch that you didn't know was there or something like that. Like it's it's like it's definitely not inessential music, you know. It's it's like necessary, I think. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um but I've never yeah, I just, I'd love to see them live. You know, I just I, I mean, I think everybody would. Like I'm not I don't think I'm as big a fan as you are, but Mm, uh, not many are. They did actually, if they got back together and, and actually did do it, it would be possibly one of the biggest things, one of the biggest music stories in yeah. a long time, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, since the Stone Roses, uh, probably. Um, yeah, what I was going to say along that line actually was um, I've seen all those bands live, but my favorite concert that I've ever been to was Blink 182, like in the Tree Arena by a very, very, very long way. <clears throat> like, just an absolutely amazing gig. And Which which one? Not the one that you were at. It was the one in 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't at that one. Um, it was class, though. But even, like, that um, song we just mentioned there, Dark Side, like, they've had, they had another album with Max Giba in 2017 called California, and it's actually really good. Like, and the videos for it are good. It's not like, I think that Dark Side song is just actually an outlier. I don't think it's actually indicative of a new direction that they're going in or anything like that. I think it's just like, they've been around for fucking, yeah, like they're just, they're just, I guess like they're entitled to make a bit of money at this point. You know what I mean? Like, and Matt Skiba too coming across to Blink from Alkaline Trio. Like, who's, who's Matt Skiba? He was, <clears throat> he's the lead singer of Alkaline Trio and he's got another band called Matt Skiba and the Did Secrets. we, we were, Say that again? We went to see Alkaline Trio. Sorry, um, I think my connection's a bit dodgy, but- It's, um, it's back now. Did, um, didn't we go to Alkaline Trio? I don't think so. Um, we, the we, ambassador? No, I definitely wasn't there. No, actually, like, sorry, I'm mixing it up with a different show. But I definitely... You're thinking of... I was never a fan. You're thinking oh, of... Oh, uh... wait, no, no, that was another gig. No, no, I know what you're going to say, and <laughs> I'm not thinking of that. Well, okay, right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you talking about a gig in the Olympia? No, not that gig. No, 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 no. I know. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That that's one, what I, we're I taking that gig and moving that, that off the gig. table. We're let's, never talking about that one ever again. Yeah. Let's 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 take that gig out and burn it yeah. and it never happened. Yeah, absolutely hundred percent agreed. Um but so I So what what one you, what were you talking about? So you're thinking of Newfound Glory, I'm pretty sure. Yes, you're yes, you're right. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um so Alkaline Trio are they're like a more, they're more punk band, like less pop, more punk. I, I think you would actually like them. I know, I, 
I know, I know of them, and I, I'm pretty sure I know some of their big songs. Mm. But the gig that I was at was Newfound Glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what? Well, so Alkaline Trio. What's one of their? What's their biggest, most well-known song? Uh, it's actually really, really, really funny that we're talking about this because their biggest and most well-known song is called Radio, and it was the song that closed the last episode of the Midnight Hour, just as it fucking happens. I happened to use that song. Oh, really? Yeah, so weird that that's how things work. Cool. Um, but I, I think the song you'd oh, be right. most familiar with of theirs is probably Private Eye, which is from their album, I want to say Agony and Irony, but I don't actually think that that's right. Um, but it, anyway, it was on, it was played heavily on Kerrang, like, you know, way back when we were going to Ramp City every day, so... It's one that I'd say you'd be familiar with if you ever heard it again. Like ah, From yeah, Here I, to Infirmary. Here. That's the album that's on. It's, it's on an album called From Here to Infirmary. Um, but anyways, yeah, Matt Skiba was the lead singer of Alkaline Trio. Still is, actually. Um, but he replaced Tom DeLonge in Blink when Tom quit Blink to go hunt aliens. <laughs> Angels and Airwaves. Yeah, oh, Angels yeah, well, he did that too, too yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... He's been busy. He actually is an alien hunter now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, listen, each to their own. Fair <laughs> play, dude. Dude, I think that like a few different career steps and you could so easily have ended up being Tom DeLonge. Like, because you're mad fascinated by aliens as well. It's not that I'm fascinated about aliens. Like, I, I just love, like, I love sci-fi. And I watch a lot of sci-fi movies, and I love the unexplained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm a total skeptic of bullshit straight away. Like, you mm. know, I'm not like, you know, I don't think that that could ever, you know, be. I don't think I could ever be a Tom DeLonge. Unfortunately. <laughs> I, I like. <laughs> but but the thing is, no, the band Angels and Airwaves. Mm. That side project that he did was actually awesome. From what yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, really good. It was, it was cool. It was uh, a great sound, like bigger and yeah, it was vibey. Yeah, it was. They they went for the more arena sized kind of songs, I think. And um, I think Tom pulls that off really well. Like he's a great songwriter and he's a really good guitar player too. We're talking about angels and airwaves <laughs> because conversation knows no bounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and Tom's along, and uh, he left Blink One Eight Two and went and became an alien hunter. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you've got to respect it, though. Like, I like. I mean, <laughs> fair play, you know. Yeah, I mean, each to their own. You know? Yeah, I, f- yeah, like he very definitely believes everything that he's doing. Like I don't think he's selling snake oil. Do you know what I mean? Like he is very sure of himself here. So like, I'm kind of of the opinion like let's just leave him at it, whatever. Yeah, I know. Like whatever makes you happy, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a bit of a strange one, but sure. Yeah. It's it's gonna be a good like 
trivia question in 20 years. <laughs> Why did Tom DeLonge leave Blink-182? He went to find the aliens. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's an odd one. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. About it, but what I will say is that Angels and Airwaves album, do they only have one album? No, no, no. They've had like five albums or something like that. Um, I, I, I only remember the first album when it came out, and I remember thinking it sounded amazing. Like, I, just the. Yeah. It was like, you, it had that kind of U2 edge guitar, you know, the. The delay or something. I don't know. It sounded massive. It sounded like space. It, it did, cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was called We Don't Need to Whisper. Um and it was uh I, I really like I have a very big soft spot for that album. I think it's class. Um the first and last tracks especially. But it, what I really like about him is that it feels like an album, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 um it's one team, one vibe, one atmosphere stretched across ten tracks, and I really, really like when when they, bands they do that kind of thing. Yeah, like they sounded unique, you know, and it had the, it definitely had this sound like the Holy True. But yeah, I just yeah. remember really loving it. I'm actually I haven't listened to it since I was about sixteen, so I might actually for the absolute crack just put it on at some point. I've listened to I've I've gone through several like nostalgia tours um over the last few weeks like during my work day I I always try and find at least one album um for instead like with the three o'clock slump in work now I no longer go to the vending machine and get a Red Bull I instead find an album and turn it on and like harness the energy of it so like I've gone through like you know, like the clash and all the, the greatest like punk stuff. And then, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I went back to some 41 uh-huh. and listened and I was just like, geez, like they had some really good riffs. Yeah. But like, it's class though. Like it's um really good uh, riffs, really catchy hooks. Like you got to hand it to them. Like they, they really knew what they were at and they, they did it really well. Yeah, well, another another great one from that time. Uh, what's the lifestyles of the rich of the famous? Good Charlotte, yeah. Good Charlotte, yeah. For another band, big songs, you know, big hooks. Really, mm. yeah. Wow. I, I used to. I was I never was, even. I, I was never really a fan of theirs, but I no, you were not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or some forty-one. <laughs> but, I I was uh, I, I was a huge. It. I got a lot of shit for liking Good Charlotte back in the day. Like, I remember I had on... They were too too mainstream. Is that what people would say? No, people would just say that they were shit, really, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) All right, right, fair enough. Yeah, that's more to the point. But, like, I thought they were fucking dead. No, I just just thought, you know... But you know the way, like, you have, like, cool punk. And like yeah. you know, the kind of underground punk, and then if if one of the punk bands gets big and gets too mainstream, all the other people are like, oh, I don't really, yeah, because yeah, they're too pop or they're too mainstream or whatever, you know. Yeah, and it's the stupidest fucking mentality. Good Charlotte, fair enough. If they just said no, they're shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> 
but like i remember being so mad at them like because i thought that album lifestyles no uh, the young and the hopeless was the name of the album and i every single track on this like i could not have related to anything on an album more as like this is the best fucking thing ever remember i had i remember nokia released a range of phones where you could make your own cover and i had a good charlotte cover on my phone <laughs> and this i remember like someone actually a mutual friend of ours um just <laughs> being very unhappy with me for my decision <laughs> and uh it was yeah just i, I remember like being on lunch in school in Domino's. Remember Domino's was like right next to our school. And yeah, you get like a you get one of those pizza breads for three four euro. euro. Four, four euro. euro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh this Good guy day. he's seen the cover of my phone and he goes <laughs> greatest insult ever that I've that's ever been leveled at me. He goes, Good Charlotte, yeah? More like bad Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> you? That's terrible. I mean, in fairness, <laughs> that's the worst. Giving you, giving you an opening to say, you, surely you could have thought of something better. Like, you know, look, yeah, I get it. You don't like good Charlotte, but bad Charlotte? I mean, it, it, that's, what do you, what, I know you don't like them, but what, what's he trying to say? You know, I mean, he could have, well. Yeah. Was, uh, and yeah, uh, was... did, did, did did that get to you or did you just like kind of laugh it off? <laughs> I I think it actually genuinely got to me in some kind of way, like so, in some kind of like fucked up um, teenager way. Teenage right? my, way, yeah, apparently. Yeah, like yeah. in my head, I was just like, wait a minute, am I really uncool for, I knew like I was uncool anyway, automatically because I listened exclusively to like Metallica and Motorhead and like all of that kind of stuff. But um you'd always get a pass for liking Blink-182 and Sum 41 because everyone liked them. But no one really liked music with guitars in it when we were in school, unless you were like an outcast of some kind or else like, I don't know, had some underlying thing you were really good at that made you excel in popularity. But I remember just thinking like, geez, like even the uncool kids don't listen to Good Charlotte. Like, <laughs> have I really fucked up here? <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. I remember just being like, fuck like have i gone too far here or something like i don't know <laughs> yeah. Damn, well <laughs> yeah hell. i mean yeah i don't know i was never into good charlotte like properly into them you know so like i don't know you always got away with it because you were into like everything pretty much like anyone could come at you with any band and you'd always have at least one song that you liked about them or like you'd always have like some remark or like, just, like some positive comment to say about like yeah, yeah this is cool and, um you know you, you were always like very interested I, I don't know you always had a a very expansive kind of music taste i think when we were younger and you were always more interested in the mechanics of a song rather than like everyone likes this it's the best thing ever you know what i mean like yeah yeah that's true actually yeah, yeah. i mean like i was skateboarding and stuff so i hung around with a lot of i don't know like a lot of skateboarders well a lot of people like kind of hung around with skateboarding um we're into like corn and stuff and then um pantera and stuff like that yeah and i actually i actually listened to them but like i wasn't a like I wasn't a massive fan, you know, but uh, 
but I could talk about I could talk about them and uh I've learned I I don't know like I I always went I had my go-to songs you know like yeah yeah Neil Young Bob Dylan and Springsteen and stuff stuff my dad introduced me to but I wouldn't yeah I I've always been I've always what am I trying to say I've always been very open-minded when it comes to music just in general just yeah, whatever yeah. genre you know I, unless it's absolute garbage and you know um good Charlie no joke <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. They're really good. They have some great songs. Uh, we we started talking about them because you praised them. We should make that clear. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I I do like all genres. I tend to pick songs as opposed to uh, albums. But I yeah, it's it's a thing. I yeah, it's a thing I always appreciated about you. Like I remember. Do you remember like this, I'd say 2010 to 2011, those summers when we would just basically like hang out and do fucking nothing all day and like just listen to music and stuff like just that? Just listen to good Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> all day, every day. Yeah, every single that day. Gone through all their albums and everything. Yeah. Trying to learn how to play all their songs. Trying to, trying to dissect all the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good time. Um, I remember I, I, I'd come to you with like all sorts of songs and be like, hey man, check out this 65 Days of Static song or like check out this Ruby Horse song. Yeah, but no, in fairness, no, in fairness, of all the people know, like, and like all my friends, my good friends, your musical, you, you, you still introduce me to bands that I've never heard of and I don't know. You have you have an amazing taste, and you know a lot of obscure stuff that people have never heard of, and uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. awesome. I don't even know where you find it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. Well, I I think um I think the main thing is that I always I always view an album as a sort of like the the album is is where all my music taste is anchored to is like this idea that an album is a concept that a band goes through and so i just listen to songs i, I always listen to music in terms of the album and i think just with the advent of like spotify and apple music and all of that it's so easy to surf through albums now because you'll always get a recommendation based on previous oh ones. yeah you get yes yeah, so something that sounds similar or similar tastes or whatever yeah yeah and i'm really not afraid to just see a random album and just press play and listen to it and then like decide how i feel about it while i'm listening to it um i i suppose like it probably goes back to when i was younger if I ever had spare money or pocket money or whatever, I'd go to HMV and I'd go to the rock section and I would buy whatever the coolest looking album is. And like, just, I don't know, I'd be so attracted to certain album covers and stuff like that. And it's not a good system. You end up with some real shit in your CD collection when you judge albums by their cover, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's just, I don't know, like with Spotify, it's so easy. You know, if you listen to an album and don't like it, then all that's happened there is you've spent 40 minutes, like kind of furthering your uh, musical taste or whatever it is. Or so. skipping onto the next song. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, yeah, that happens a lot, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but the one, like Spotify is very good at telling you what you like. Um, I don't think 
Apple Music is as good, but Spotify definitely knows like you like um you like uh Good Charlotte. Yeah, you like Good Charlotte, so here's a Sum Forty One song or like you know what I mean? It's very good at feeding you that thing so that you always know what the next album to go on to is. But you're gonna say something to be a dick, I know it. What if you only like Good Charlotte? Then this so I think I know the answer to this question. I don't know if there is an answer because they can only suggest more good Charlotte. No, they could suggest uh bands they could suggest artists who are inspired by Good Charlotte because such a thing exists. Yeah, but yeah, but you're not getting me right here. You only like Good Charlotte. <laughs> I, so it's just, it's like you're in a, a loop of Good Charlotte. You know? <laughs> the Good Charlotte loop. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to, um, to slag off Good Charlotte. They're a great band, but that's just how this conversation has gone for whatever reason. But it would rec- So the Madden Brothers have their own band. Wouldn't it just recommend you the Madden Brothers? Yeah, but that's not Good Charlotte. But like, it's about yeah, two it technic- of Good Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, but it's not Good Charlotte. The f- you know, it's mm. still something different. You but, should have uh, done philosophy. <laughs> Wasted <laughs> in music. Well, um, yeah, uh, do you know, I, I used to listen to music like all the time. Like even when I went to bed, I'd every single night. And then if I was out running, I'd listen to music and I used to listen to a lot of different artists and they would kind of inspire the way I would write and stuff like that. And I can even pinpoint a lot of the songs that we've had as a band, like what, like I, what song I was listening to then when that was written or this and that. But for the last year or so, I haven't really listened to music like as much as I, I mm. used to, which I find really weird. Um, and I keep meaning to listen to it more. But as a songwriter and being in a band, there's so much music and Spotify has kind of opened up this whole thing. And for me, every time I listen to a song now, I'll kind of like listen to it as a as a as a songwriter as opposed to sitting back and actually just listening to it which is really annoying but then but it does make make it a lot better when a song comes along that actually completely just knocks me sideways and i'm like holy shit that's absolutely amazing and then i'll sit back and listen to it properly but uh what's the most recent song that's had that effect on you um, I probably Billie Eilish, uh, the first, the bad guy, but no, not bad guy. Uh, the very first one, really slow. Actually all of Billie Eilish, to be honest. I really like the album. Uh, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? <laughs> Um, what's the name of that song? I should really know this. I don't know. I've listened to the album. Um, I don't know the songs. Oh, but she's amazing. 
Um, yeah, she's class. Yeah. But yeah, no, like I haven't, I haven't really been like I haven't, I haven't discovered anything like that's really kind of. Do you know that feeling when you find something and you you just love it and you have to listen to it all the time and it's it just becomes something more, you know? I yeah, yeah. In, in a while, you know. Um, who are you listening to? Um, I I think I think there's one band that I've been um, I suppose infatuated with for the last year or more, and that's Fontaine's DC. I just cannot seem to get enough of them. Um. And I have I haven't actually sat down and listened to them, but uh, yeah, I again I appreciate them like they're pretty mm. awesome and they kind of stand they they are what they are and they don't care what people think yeah. either. If you don't like them, then that's fine, whatever you know. And they keep doing what they're doing. That's I was really surprised when um, I told you that I went to see them in New York, yeah. and you just like replied like describing them perfectly. I. I I would read through my messages, but doing that on a podcast is not good. But I remember you just replied like, yeah, they're class. Like everything they're doing is so authentic and like they're from where they're from and all that stuff. And um, yeah, there's just something about them. Well, see, the thing is like we were we were hearing a lot about them as well because they they're, they kind of there's they're they're a buzz band you know but they are awesome you know but like obviously us being a band as well and touring and stuff we did a festival in uh, spain Benicazim, and they were playing it as well and um yeah i mean and they're irish you know and ireland's a small place you know yeah. especially in, in for bands and musicians you know so yeah but they're they're super cool i i haven't properly sat down and listened to them but like I totally appreciate what they're doing and uh, they're very, they had to cancel a load of tours there as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I have tickets to see them on the 4th of July in uh, the Ivy Gardens and it's been rescheduled until July 2021. Oh, but, for, but I, I heard they cancelled stuff before the whole the coronavirus thing as well. There was, may, maybe I heard wrong. I but, think um, you did but hear wrong. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't cancel it. I, I might be wrong too. Um, I don't know. I I know yeah. that they had like a full steam ahead kind of tour planned for the whole album cycle that they're running into. Um, and in every interview they gave, they were saying like, "Yeah, watch out! Like new music might be coming soon," kind of thing. Um, so I got the impression that they were gearing up for something you know that way and they were booking dates left right and center um Savage. yeah it's a real shame for them because i think one of the things that really aids them at the moment is like like you say they're a buzz band like there, there is a lot of hype around them they're doing the rounds i, I on, think sorry no i i think they were a buzz band two years ago mm. I, like they're they're awesome. Like they're doing like oh, in America. Yeah. No, no, in America as well. Like they're they're doing very well and rightly so. Like I mean, mm. they're they're doing their own thing. I don't, you know, and it's pretty. As I said earlier, it's like they don't really give a shit if people hate them or love them. They'll just continue doing what they do, and that's respectable, to be honest. Yeah, and yeah. it's I, like, it's very it's very left to field as well for now, which is just fucking cool. They're just a great band. 
that's the know. thing like uh, like i'm definitely not saying that they are um that the hype is what defines them but it's just it, it's definitely super fascinating um to be from dublin and to see a dublin band that gets the kind of i don't know like i've always felt that punk rock music is very like location based if you know what i mean like there's like everyone knows that california is uh, a certain type of punk rock and then in england they have like the clash but they also have like the Manchester scene all of that stuff um so when you see a dublin band that's up and coming and they get looped into that kind of discussion you, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it yeah it's, yeah it's, like exactly um so yeah it's really exciting i think and just you can tell from listening to their album i know you haven't listened to it yet but when you listen to it you'll definitely pick up on how many punk rock influences they have and just like they're a very noisy kind of a band and it's yeah it's just not something you would expect from ireland but there's no reason to not expect it and they're kind of the answer to that question like why don't we have bands like that in in dublin or in Ireland. But the thing is, there, there, prob- there probably is a lot of bands like that in in, in Ireland. Yeah, there is now. There's definitely they're, they're like just, a, a bubbling scene. Well, they, they, may, yeah, they, they may have started some again, you know, like, which mm. is awesome, you know. And within, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it's kind of. Yeah, there actually no. Come to think of it, like I could be entirely wrong, but I don't think there has been a band. No, actually, there has been punk bands coming out of Ireland. Have there been? Yeah, there's been a few. Like there's the Blades. Um, I, I guess when you two when you two started off, they were kind of punk as well. They had, yeah, they had, they definitely had like post-punk leanings in some of their tracks for sure, um, particularly with the guitar riffs and stuff like that. But um, not a pure punk band that I, well, I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not a fucking music historian, but like, I don't know, like there's stuff like, you know, the Revs, would you call them punk? Like there's definitely, I don't know. Yeah, 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 I don't know. It's a weird question. Yeah, and I feel like I've had six beers and that there's an obvious <laughs> thing that I'm not saying and someone is going to be in the comment section like, oh my God, you didn't mention this. Why didn't obvious... you mention these? Yeah, uh, so it's probably, I'm actually too afraid to even, <laughs> to even I'm afraid for my own credibility if I, if I fucking go on here. But, um, yeah. Yeah. No, they are not, they're an awesome band. and they're class, yeah. Fair, fair play to them and, I hope they keep going and keep doing what they're doing and just fucking yeah, we're already yeah. doing awesome. So, Me yeah. too. Yeah, I, I think I think it's um, obviously this relates to you very strongly. I think it's a really good decision for bands to not delay their album releases because of this whole situation because you can't do a supporting tour and all that stuff. Um, I think it's really good that bands just keep going with their music um, because it gives fans something to listen to like in all the downtime and it gives people something else to look forward to for when it's all over. Like there's kind of just a, a net good to society, I think in continuing with music releases, like it's super important. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, why not? You know, uh, 
you know, our, our thinking behind it was just, yeah, because there's fans, our fans would really appreciate it. And why wouldn't we? You know, like, we may as well just put it, you know, and for them yeah. and then see what happens, you know. I mean, hopefully they like it and hopefully everybody else likes it as well. The whole the whole thing has been bizarre for us, though, because usually with an album, we'll, as you said, like, we'll have a tour planned, we'll have, like, promo planned and stuff like that, you know, and um, it's just the whole thing has been turned on its head. So it's... Uh, it's kind of strange, but like we're still very excited to release it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but a lot of people have decided not to as well at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah we figured why not. Um, tell me this uh, bit of a cheeky question, but when you're back on tour, maybe in potentially a year or whenever it is, are you going to add the whenever answer? But are you gonna add the answer? <laughs> are you gonna add the answer back into your set list or what? <laughs> um, we, we did it on our last tour actually. In, in uh, a very, we did like a little bit of it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, the medley, yeah, yeah. Like we're, I'm excited about touring again because we have a we have a lot of songs that we can revisit and do and when you're playing songs live you can kind of like change them up and make them different and stuff like that so um, yeah there's a lot of songs that we have that we actually never played live which is really bizarre um like b-sides and stuff that we recorded in the studio and then just never played them yeah like you've never played take control live i don't think no um, um or even like midnight or those no. Yeah. Well, there, there's quite a lot. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm excited. Uh, to be honest, I'm just really excited to actually play a live show. Like, and when, when, whenever that happens, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, mm. um, but yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll play. I like. I like the answer. And I, I yeah, think. I was talking recently to a mutual friend of ours about the answer and um, we actually had like a fucking amazing conversation about the song. I think we spent like about 15 minutes just dissecting the song and what it means. And um, it was like during that conversation, I kind of decided like, I've always loved High Hopes. Like, obviously you remember, like it used to be called something else. That was like, that's always been like the one song that I've associated with the whole rise of like you know the whole code line thing but um i think the answer just hits a sweet spot somewhere like it's kind of got the perfect combination of like it's somber it's meaningful it's also like it's philosophical in the sense that it is questioning something and then it like i guess like ironically is also putting an answer forward and saying like here i'm just talking through a speaker at the end of the day it's i don't know it's it's such a like it's a beautiful song sorry it's probably weird for you because you wrote it to hear someone say that too but like it's really fun like it's a really 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 like it's a lovely song yeah um and i i always have um a really really fond memory of the the tour where i went on tour with you and 
you would come out on the stage and do like the the verse do the warm up and you were headline (laughs) (laughs) i remember you were an asshole man you just like you gave us like a five minute sound check and you're like right time's up (laughs) stage is mine now yeah those days man You cannot deny my charisma, though. When I like, when oh I'm well, on when, that when stage. you when you went on stage and those lights went out, man, at the very beginning, it was just the tension in the room, and then bam, it was amazing. I, I don't yeah, know. I don't know why. Yeah, why'd you give it up, bro? You should have, you know. I, because you're my friend, and I just wanted you to have the spotlight. I just thought <laughs> that look. That's just see. That's just being. An amazing dude, you know. Well, well I've always you. said, I've always said that I'm an amazing dude. It's, you know, it's, it's the one thing I say about myself in every. It's on my CV. It's in my <laughs> <laughs> amazing dude. Yeah. In bold. Yeah, it's. at the top. It's, of, it's, it's why I have no dude. problem finding work. You know, it's, everyone wants an amazing dude to work for them. So it's, uh, it is what it is. Man. <laughs> Everybody wants an amazing dude. They do. Yeah. Like, you know, no one will deny that. That's just a yeah, fact. They're, 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 they're hard to find. They're few and far between, you know. So Exactly, yeah. 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 Anyway, um, before I started talking absolute choice, what were you saying? <laughs> it's, um, I don't know, it's always so when, fascinating when, like to me, the 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 amount of shite that you and I can talk at this kind of level for a continued period of time is just fucking sensational. But, um, yeah, I was saying... <laughs> it's a lifelong commitment to talking shite. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you were saying when, when, you, when you came on tour... Um, yeah. When you would play the answer, um, you'd, so you'd like finish the show and then say good night, everyone, and then the whole crowd is like, "Are they coming back? Will there be an encore?" I don't know why bands do that shit. You're obviously coming back out again, but you would come out just you with an acoustic guitar and do like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then the band would come in for the the bridge and the oh, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, they, they yeah, 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 they that built. was so, yeah, super cool. Um, I, I like. I just have a very fond memory of that sort of, I don't know. Like f- Go on. Oh, well, no, I was just thinking of the song. Like, um, yeah, like that was kind of when we were first starting off, like just leading up to the first mm-hmm. album and stuff. And uh, yeah, like I remember we did a gig in the Button Factory and there's a, in Dublin and there's a live recording of that. I think it's on YouTube and you can find those recordings and they're awesome you know but um they're also on spotify now as well i think they were added oh yeah yeah they added very very recently yeah but um but yeah on our last tour we did like we did the answer but we did it entirely different like just like i i mainly sit at a piano for our shows now and uh yeah like i played it on the piano and then the lads came in and then we moved into something else and then did another B-side, like a, a song called Moving On, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, That's a class we, song, yeah. We we had never played that song. And the only reason we played it is because people just kept requesting it. And then when we did play it, as soon as we started playing it, like the first chord, everybody started singing along. 
and it's like it's a song that was never released really you know it's it's bizarre but um it was deluxe edition of um coming up for air was that track wasn't it yeah 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 it was on yeah second album track 16 or something it was on the um but yeah um i think it's funny how songs can change over time you know because like the answer when we first started playing it like it's a completely different performance to what it would be now you know now it's like as as the person who wrote the song you know it's like um it, it changes you know uh, we played yeah. a totally different version but i suppose like you can play you can play any song in a million different ways you know but uh, but, uh, yeah i i did watch the button factory thing recently and i was like holy shit that's awesome i remember i remember watching that with your dad um like year i think before it had even come out with the album i think uh we were watching it in the the garrigan and um I think that's the best. It, no, I had, I had the, I also had the master of the first album, and mm. the, the mixes were coming in for the Olympia shows as well, and I played the whole thing through the speakers. I remember that. And that was. A, that was a great yeah, there was time. a couple of songs. I think there was only five songs, five songs or something. Um, Six songs. Um, but yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, that was. That was pretty cool. I remember the excitement, man. Just getting like, for me, it was so exciting because I'm like, holy shit, this, check this out. This is, you know, the recording of this or this is a song that hasn't been released yet. Check this out. I still get it with like new stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. big songs. It's supposed to buzz with the whole thing, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah. listen to this. And then, and then if someone doesn't like it, especially your best friends or your friends, you're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> right, so I better, better, uh, better go and do another one. Anyway. Back to the drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the drawing board, yeah. But that's the whole thing about being creative. And, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I, I always think that the, the performance of all comes down from the the button factory thing i think that's like i don't know just an amazing example of how powerful a live performance can be um there's something about it as well just the video footage of it is very dark and smoky i remember and i don't, I don't know in the the chorus you just you can really feel like the power of that chorus there's like i remember watching it and for a moment thinking like this could have this song could have realistically been written in any decade um it's just got that kind of kick to it and that kind of oomph to it where you're just like fucking hell like this is such a powerful chord like it's an absolutely massive chorus um but like in that button factory show it really hits you how powerful it is because it's such a tiny venue and you are such a massive band like just i don't know the like use are a very like I, every time i read a review about code line it's like uh lighter is a loft stadium rock or like anthemic chorus or you know i, I always see those kind of terms associated with code line yeah and, um it really really shows in those button factory videos like you can definitely see a band that's just 
playing at a venue that literally just cannot hold this sound like it just there's too much going on and it's um i don't know it's i would encourage everybody listening to go google search all comes down button factory or like i said it's on spotify but it's it's just a sensational sort of rendition of that song that just shows a venue struggling to contain its power i guess that's awesome man um yeah i mean i i i always i think it was that song like kieran um when he was when he was on tour with us doing photos first and stuff like that every night before i went back on stage i think we did that song first in the encore he'd always go are you gonna go for it are you gonna do it and he was talking about this he was talking about this note at the end that's like a scream that's like you know look for a lot of other singers it might not be ridiculous but for me it was like at the time he'd asked me are you gonna hit it i'm like i have no idea if i'm gonna hit it or not pretty much the same answer each night like i don't know and then sometimes i'd hit it and sometimes i wouldn't but it was this really high note or whatever but um that song has always been really really tough to sing as as a singer but when i wrote it at the time it was effortless you know it, mm-hmm. but um but yeah it's we did it actually recently and uh it's it's cool going back on these old songs you know because it's like approaching them from a new place yeah 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 it's um i can tell you as a passive singer that I have a fair idea of how difficult of a song it is to sing. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar, <laughs> I'm familiar with the mechanics of it. It's very fucking hard. I feel really uh, no, bad it's a, sometimes like, when that song comes up. So, so, like singers will all say the same thing. Sometimes like voices are better than others. And like I, I even do singing lessons now, I coach and stuff and like, cause I've lost my voice at points and then got it back and then, and you kind of have to learn to, to do it if you're doing gigs every single night but back then we were just kind of thrown into it and mm. like that, that I, you know night upon night just doing that and just wailing and like screaming you know it was kind of like are you gonna hit it tonight i don't know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> just walking out in front of a crowd but ah, I te- kieran is a fucking great guy for those little um observations that you don't even think that it's a thing or it's something that you'd never ever think about and kieran will come at you and go like listen to this like i i've i've been in kieran's house before where he's like um all right you put on these headphones i'll put on these headphones and i'm gonna turn when it gets to this second on the thing i'm gonna turn this pitch up and just listen to this note and i'm like oh that's amazing and then forever on after that when i hear that song like whatever song he was telling me about that's all i hear in it like he's such a fucking he's got such a keen ear and like yeah he's a very very talented guy oh he's immensely talented yeah Uh, like as a musician as well like and um he i don't think he realizes how talented he is he could be like he could be a songwriter if he wanted if he really committed to it but um, yeah and he's got a he's got a great ear for music but like yeah. for him to kind of even in all comes down he wasn't talking about this like he was talking about a specific note at the end yeah. 
I know, you know? yeah. And, and like he pointed that out and it, like he just said it to me and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, the end, not at the end. And straight away I'm like, um, I don't know. I'll see how it goes, you know. But like the fact that he asked, you know, kind of like yeah. pinpointed that note. Yeah. He's, um, but he, yeah. he, he's got, he's got loads of gems like that. Like he, he was in my house one night and, um, I don't know how this fucking got started, but he was like, what, what editing software do you use? And I was like, oh, I use Sony Vegas. And he was like, oh, I've never seen that before. Actually, um, show us what it's like. So I opened it up and I showed him what Sony Vegas was. And he, I'm not going to tell anyone what it is, but he showed me this one technique you can do to edit videos that makes all of your videos instantly better and more professional looking. And he had never done it before on Sony Vegas. He just figured out how to do it in about 15 seconds and was like, yeah, so you should just do this on all your videos going forward. And I was like, yeah, I knew that man. Uh, I just couldn't do it there because uh, the computer wasn't good enough or something like that. But, well, uh, well, you do like, you do know that when we started off, like he just kind of turned around and goes, here, I got a camera. And we we're like, all right, well, cool. Um, do you want to come on tour? And then he started making videos. And like mm. he made a couple of tour vlogs. I think he ends up doing a video for one of our songs. And he had never, he had no experience with it. He just kind of jumped right in. He's just an incredible creative, incredibly creative person. In- do you remember, do you remember the video he made when, um, before In A Perfect World came out, you were, um, you were practicing somewhere in Swords, and Kieran made a video of you playing uh, "Lose Your Mind," and the foot there was like one part of the footage where it was like about a thirty-second clip that starts out with your tambourine. I do remember, yeah. At the very end of the camera, and yeah, then yeah, it like, yeah. that, that, oh my god, that is like one of I the think best. That's just what, like that's just when he got the camera, yeah, when we were rehearsing oh. and stuff like that. I think. That could have been like the day he got the camera. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, just like um, this. It's like yeah. a ter- for the listeners, for anybody listening, it's like just this thirty-second shot that kind of encapsulates everything about what it is to play rock and roll music or something like that. It's like it's for anyone watching on the video. A lot, a lot of a lot of people wouldn't put us in the in a bracket of rock and roll. Lose um, your mind is a very alternative song, though. But yeah, but it is a very rock and roll sound. Yeah, like it's it's a particularly it's got a particular even like the intro to it reminds me of like um very. I suppose most most people wouldn't most people who listen to us probably wouldn't know that. So, like, this is gonna I'm gonna alienate a lot of people when I say this, but like most people who listen to music when they put music into categories, they don't really know why they're doing that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but. Like, I mean, lose your mind. If, if you want to look at, like, Google Codeline Live, lose your mind. Like, it's not the, like, you, I think you'd probably be surprised with the type of song that you see. But um, for, for anyone watching with video, that, it, no, it was on, on our, it, it was on our first EP. Like, when we released our first EP, it was All I Want was one of the songs. And then it was All I Want, Perfect World. Um, lose your mind and pray that was our first EP yeah. and 
we had we were, our idea was to make a video for each song which is what we did and we had a video made for prey as well but it didn't quite reach the mark so that mm-hmm. didn't get a video to it but um but yeah they they are kind of all completely different songs like perfect in perfect world is a very much a pop song um yeah prey is this dark kind of song kind of inspired by muse you know like matt bellamy's vocals like i was obsessed with them and trying to fucking copy them i don't know it's this really dark moody song and then uh lose your mind is like a it's like a rock song yeah i suppose but uh i mean i could go into what it's about but i'm not going to because <laughs> mm. the, the same I... night we recorded the same night we recorded lose your mind was the same night we recorded the ant um but yeah i think there's a yeah. there's a part in lose your mind where if you put on earphones and, and turn them up to the max you can hear but it's just there's a moment where it's just you saying why would you even ask that question yeah, no, yeah. but do you know also right there's basically right um yeah right so i've i've never done like hardcore drugs i've always been very anti-drug right but i have a lot of friends and stuff and touring on tour you always see that whatever so basically the whole song is about an lsd trip but my interpretation of an lsd trip i've never had one and i never will because i just don't do that um and basically (laughs) The, the way well mark was saying he was like oh you do this and like it's amazing how he goes oh man it's it's so like it and i've never actually had one you know but it, it was a bonkers night we were drinking loads with on lose your mind it's the only like usually we're very professional in the studio and like songs will come about but that's the only song that was just bizarre but we had phil our friend recording it yeah, amazing producer and we were like right let's make let, let's make this as crazy as possible and then when it came to the drop there's you'll hear like on a phone the drop is basically the middle eight in the middle of it just before it's like why am i even doing this or whatever you know what's a you know talking random stuff but there's a thing before it that goes and it's there's a lyric in the second verse that says, holding onto a dolphin's fin, he helps me swim. When I can't swim, he's friendly, mm-hmm. right? And this is just me and like, it's the most bonkers thing that you could put in a song. Like, you know, and if you're on a, a different planet off your head, what, like, what could it be? Anything is possible. So we took that line, Phil wrote it into his computer, like obviously, and then put it into Google's Translate. And I think he put it in Korean or something and then reversed it so when it comes on you hear and it's like why am i even doing it? there's so much bonkers stuff in that song mm. but uh it was it was yeah it was a lot of fun to record i remember waking up in the morning and <laughs> uh, we, we did the answer we, we did the answer and then Got a load of cans and did lose your mind. And I, I woke then, up. But, the but Phil, 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 fair play to him. He wasn't he wasn't drinking during the session. And um, we woke up in the morning. We went downstairs and there were cans everywhere. 
And I remember going, Jesus, we drank a lot last night. And I was like, Phil, Jesus, man, look at all the cans. He goes, I wasn't drinking. And I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, nah, it was bonkers. But, but it was, it was, yeah, it was in the middle of recording the first album. And I, I don't know. I think we saw it as like a, a day off and we did two songs. For the it, was like a, it was like a fucking Wednesday night as well or something like that. Because I remember I woke up really early the next day. I was recording FIFA videos, I think, at the time. And I was like, right, time to do some career mode or whatever. And I had like 17 WhatsApp messages from you. <laughs> and I remember one of them was the song. It was the um it was lose your mind other side monitors mix oh, yeah yeah that that, that that was the day after yeah we called it yeah. Other side yeah lose and, um, your mind, mind you never know what you could find on the other side yeah. exactly and i downloaded it and listened to it and then i was like <laughs> what the fuck is this <laughs> well, do you like, know also also with it right i want to see this thing i don't know why but do you know what cream I don't know if you know the song by Cream. Eric Clapton was in the band. You know, bum, 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 I feel free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the verse, there's three voices. They're doing the... And it's the three harmonies. Uh. But, no, but it's a really weird psychedelic vibe. And in Lose, in Lose Your Mind, there's the the high pitch and the low pitch it sounds yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway right i'll just stop that <laughs> <laughs> no it's um i'm just really insulted that you thought that i wouldn't know who cream were so it's that's fine we can move on yeah but it, if you listen to that verse you'll see because it's like multiple voices you know we hadn't um, really done that in our in other sounds it was always just the one boy i'd like to give a quick shout out to phil because um he's like not only is he actually an amazing like, James. But he's a fucking great guy as well. Like above everything else, he's he's like one of the soundest fucking people ever. I've met him twice in my life. But I remember like the second time I met him, like he remembered me. Uh he he asked me questions about the podcast that I did with you. And all of a sudden, like I'm ten minutes into talking to, to this guy and I he's we're having like a philosophical conversation he's awesome there, there's very few like him like he's, yeah yeah he's got this charisma that's yeah just he does like yeah really awesome I, I i'm very lucky to know him and i'm very lucky like we're very lucky as a band that we met him you know because mm. i genuinely believe that if we hadn't met him look maybe we we would have become a band and done it professionally and all that but part of me thinks that we may have not and that yeah, kind of yeah. just just kind of stands to it's a testament to his talent and stuff like that he really pushed us as kids and teenagers and stuff and all that as well and all that aside music aside he's just a he's just an awesome guy every now and then probably shouldn't say this but i'm gonna say it anyway there are a few twitter accounts who follow me and it's really important to me that they follow me because they're people that I really respect. But I always check Phil's Twitter just to make sure that he's still following me. <laughs> like if he ever unfollowed me, it would pretty much break my heart. I I'm, I'm going to tell him to unfollow you. Oh, please do not. 
it, I swear to God, it would actually fucking crush me. Like, it's like, for some reason, it's just super important to me no, that no, I here. still have the validation of knowing that he don't, follows don't. me. I think if you told him that, he'd probably just laugh. And probably, yeah. Like, oh, no, he's, like, extremely humble. I think he'd probably yeah. be very surprised to learn that, yeah. yeah, but yeah. It's, um, I don't, I don't know. know. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. He'd be an absolutely excellent podcast guest as well, I think. He's got a voice born for radio. It's ridiculous. And not only that, but, like, he has an intelligent... Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, he's, he's actually got, like, a... He, like, he that's a man with his head screwed on like you know unlike most he's actually got a brain yes My, myself included uh, I mean, <laughs> unlike me <laughs> and most other people um yeah uh he's he's a he's an awesome dude he's a great guy yeah yeah he's the man shout out to phil like i said <laughs> um i think i'm gonna get kieran on next um we have to we've got some scheduling issues at the moment because um you know with the obviously with the lockdown and none of us having anything to do uh well both of us our bins go out on different days so we can't just get it right to record you know like i my bins go out on a wednesday i think his go out on a monday so we just can't fucking get that sweet spot on a tuesday you know it's um Oh, at the I hear you, man. I'm I, I'm very sorry to hear you. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's man. yeah. Hopefully we can. He's a, he's also that. just had a kid as well, so. Ah, but that's yeah. irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, <but> that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, he'd be amazing. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's uh, he's been on it before, and um, we did this thing where. Me, me and him like sat in this exact spot, right? And we drank, I, I think we went through two crates of Heineken or something ridiculous like that. It's, it's like the worst editing job I've ever done on a podcast because every time I went for a drink, I would clap so that I'd find the audio peak and edit it out. But I only edited out about five of them and there's like six of them still in the Hold podcast. on, hold on. Right. I'm just going to take a toilet break. I'll be back. I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but it'll take us right back to where we were. Which was talking about Kieran, as we all do all the time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when Kieran was on this podcast last, it was it was like around Christmas two thousand and eighteen, a long time ago now. But um, we just got really, really drunk. And you, if you listen to the episode, you can hear like I'm very coherent at the start, and by the end, I'm like ranting about some dj in a club who wouldn't play backstreet boys when i requested them like it just goes full like so downhill but um do you know the way kieran loves i think, I think this one could be slowly but surely heading that way <laughs> i mean but anyway look continue. at what i've done tonight. but um yeah kieran you know the way kieran loves aliexpress and he just loves buying random shit um he came up with this idea. He was like, right, we're going to come up with a word now that we say at the very end of the podcast. And anyone who comments with this word will send you something. And uh, so the word we came up with was festive and a bunch of people commented festive. Kieran found one guy. Um, he said uh, something about if, if somebody listening says a word. Yeah. They, that's all I got. So it was a fairly long podcast by my standards back then. 
And Kieran was like, right, if you've made it this far into the podcast, leave a comment saying the word festive and we'll pick a random person and we'll send you stuff. And um, they all did. Kieran picked a random person. And I actually need Kieran here for this because I can't remember what it was. But like one of the things he sent the person was like Donald Trump toilet roll. And just like, fuck. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah. Just such that's random nice. shit. Like, um, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've really wanted to get Kieran back on because he's like, like not only is he a great guy, but he's very charismatic and very funny. And just, I don't know, his sense of humor is, is unlike any other really that I know. Like he's, um, he's very, he's very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get him on next. But um, as I've said, scheduling conflicts with the bins. So, like, who knows? Well, you know, look, fingers crossed it works out, man. You know, um, yeah. I wish the best for you. For I hope it works out. Yeah. You should see like the the text messages that we have. Like, I fucking burst out laughing from his texts like way more than it is. I remember just being like, right, well, I have to bring out the bins Wednesday. And he was like, I have to bring mine out on Monday. Let's just leave it, man. We'll see how we are in a year. <laughs> well, here, look, right. I have this thing in my calendar for the last, I think it's been going on for six years, right? But no, maybe six years is an exaggeration, but uh, it's been going on for, okay, minimum four years. Right. Right. Um, basically, he borrowed a microphone off, me. and I remember he was just like, "Here, can I?" It was just a fairly standard, like, "Can I?" Hey, dude, you have? Could I borrow that for a while? And I'm like, "Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just drop it back whenever." And um, then it turned into it was like, "Yeah, I'll drop it back." I, I, don't, I don't even know how it started, but for what, for whatever reason, for the last four years, I've put in a different date into my calendar. 2.38, actually this year, it's um, August. This makes no sense, but where is it? Um, apparently he's gonna, or I'm going to go and pick up a microphone at yeah, two thirty-eight. Right, you can see that video. Can you see that? No, probably not. August right. twenty twenty. no, this is August twenty twenty. Kieran, two thirty a.m. Microphone pickup. Like, I think <laughs> in the end, he he never actually picked up the microphone, but he asked me could he borrow a microphone at least four years ago, possibly six years ago, and year on year we've changed the date for no reason. And he doesn't need it, but it's like, hey, any time the day comes around, it's like, hey, dude. Um, so yeah, I just this just came up on my calendar there. Um, are you at two thirty a.m. tonight? Um, it's a little late for me. Um, I'll probably be asleep. But listen, if you want to pick it up, just you know, come on in. I'll you know, just make sure to put the key you know, or whatever, you know, or I'll let you in, come in, take yeah, whatever, yeah. don't wake anybody. Um, you know, and uh, 
yeah, but every year, year on year for the last four to six years, we've changed the dates. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in August. Is he actually going to pick up the microphone or are we going to reschedule for next year? Probably going to reschedule for next year. Kieran actually gave me this microphone here. Hold on. He won't, he will. I hope to God Kieran is not watching this because he will not be happy. But um, Kieran gave me this microphone, which goes in here like this. See this? This is like a fucking, like the microphone that I'm talking to you on now is a piece of shit. This is like a seriously fucking high quality. This is like over, I don't know how much money this is, but it's an expensive microphone. If, if my podcast were done like on this microphone, it would be a way better podcast than what it is. And I don't know if you can see the dust on this. Um, I've never even plugged this microphone in ever, like mainly because the cord is so small, but um, Kieran gave me this. And before he gave it to me, I think I hassled him for, I, I would say about two months. He was like, yeah, man, I have a microphone. I'll give it to you. Uh, will you use it though? And I was like, yeah, man, I definitely will. Like I need a new microphone. I'll definitely, definitely use it. And he was like, oh, cool. So I text him like for, I don't know, I'd say every day for about four weeks. Like, hey man, do you have that microphone? And uh, eventually he brought it to me and it has since gathered dust under my desk. Well. I'm so sorry, Kieran, if you're if you're listening. I assume he's not though. He's got bins to take out and stuff, so. Yeah, true, actually, yeah. What I need is Kieran to drive to my house and show me how to set up the microphone, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't know what else to talk about. Uh, I think we've done like a fairly round trip of uh, different things here. Rant of randomness, yeah. Yeah. What would it be if not that, though? <laughs> What's your um what are your thoughts on randomness? Mm. That seems like a really deep philosophical question. You're, yeah, you're gonna have to zero in on that there. Like what do you mean? Like the concept of randomness? Because I have thoughts on that. I think um a lot of people would be surprised to learn how non-random actual randomness seems. Um seems oh, sorry. Yeah. I've just opened up a can of worms here, haven't I? Remember on iTunes back in the day, you'd have your whole library, right? And you would put it on shuffle and shuffle would play a song randomly based on nothing. It would just be like, here's a full list. I'm going to pick random songs. So you have something to say. What are you going to say? I don't remember that, but that sounds, <laughs> that sounds horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's look, I mean, time and a place, you know? That's kind of cool, actually. Like a button, like a random button, random song, like random song play. Click it and you don't know what you're going to get. This Click is it. a clickbait title now with 80,000 views of Steve Garrigan from Codeline discovers the concept of shuffle. <laughs> like this man has never heard of shuffle before. But um, I've never heard of shuffle. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've heard, I've heard of shuffle. No, but I mean, most, most of the time when no, most of the time when you shuffle, um, mm -hmm. you're in, you're in a playlist or you're in 
you know you're in your own playlist or you're oh, in a playlist yeah, yeah. Of, you know yeah, yeah but like so imagine imagine there was a button that you could press and it's like shuffle but it's every song ever <laughs> mind blown <laughs> see it'd be the greatest game ever because you'd be like you'd probably skip most of it but it, you know like you never know what you're gonna get you know? but you could do man, you, could get, you, you could get like some obscure russian song from like i don't know anything anything in the world any song ever who's Shop, the fella bang. who's the fella who releases like a new album every week is it frank zappa is it frank zappa who has like over 100 albums or something like that am i getting that right in my head i think it might be I have. I, I can no tell idea. from the expression on your face that you know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, no, no idea. Um, hold on. Just let me, because I'm a professional. Let me just really quickly Google this. Frank Zappa discography. Yeah. So this guy is like quite a lot of albums and uh, posthumous albums. Ah, uh, maybe it's only as many as Dylan and Neil Young go or the likes of them. But anyways. If you were to shuffle like every song ever made, who do you think would be the recurring artist that comes up the most that shocks you? Like, if you consider how many songs like Bob Dylan recorded, you know what I mean? It's fucking tons, like hundreds of songs. Um, and the same goes for Neil Young and, and Frank Zappa. Uh, there's, there's loads of artists like that. So, like, who do you think, if you could shuffle every song ever and you've got, like... I don't know, 20 shuffle buttons. Who do you think would come up more than once because of the quantity of songs that they have, if you know what I mean? I could ask you the same question, man. I mean, like, it, it could be some obscure dude from the middle of nowhere in god knows where on the other side of the planet who specializes in elevator music and he's been writing it for the last 50 years every day you know wouldn't that be a great gig though (laughs) (laughs) but no right you would be just (laughs) like every day you go into the studio and all you do is like do 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 you know what i mean and it's just like you're always I mean, like I, this like, all the time, like, ah. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be good crack, but I, it, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to say. How many artists are there in the world? How many songs are there in the world? One million, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming yeah, no one releases any music again after today, one million. No, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, millions and millions. Um... Yeah, I don't know. That is the most random conversation I've ever had right there. I don't think it is. I think we've had more random than that. Probably. <laughs> the beers don't make it any better. No. <laughs> Remember, uh, <clears throat> before, he, before you has got big, I think you were signed, but I don't think you had done a tour in support of the first album yet. Um, but we were in the Workmans in Dublin and it was like me, you, like the, the band were there, all our friends were there, like all the lads. Um, and it was like some guy from a major publication that I won't name. And he was talking to me to try and get like 
things about you to make up the profile that he was writing about Codaline. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't remember the guy's name. <laughs> I do know the publication, but I also think you'd be embarrassed if you heard what I said. Not that it was anything bad, but I feel like every time I compliment you to your face, your answer is you do something like this. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, thanks. So I just don't want to put you through that experience. But um, anyway. Uh, cool. I know. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. It was a major publication, that's all I'll say. But he was talking to me and I was giving him really like, um, I, I mean, like, I, I feel like you would be confident in me, like that I would say stuff that's good and newsworthy and like, you know, like I'm not a fucking idiot. I don't say like stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, no, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, anyway, I was talking to him and you turned around having heard something I said and I don't know, your brain must have went like, all right, it's time to talk shit with this guy. Did you just say Star Wars? And then me and you started talking about Star Wars. <laughs> but from like a really, like an idiot's perspective and like talking about Star Wars, but pretending that it's Star Trek and pretending that it's Battlestar Galactica and then like just building on that. And basically we just had the stupidest conversation the two people have ever had. And the guy, <laughs> this journalist is just like, hmm. <laughs> And then he turned and walked away. <laughs> uh, Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe I actually did that. But um, <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Yeah. But I, I used to have this running joke that when like just to troll conversations, like just uh you'd open you just turn around and say, did you just say Star Wars? And then you go into Star Wars to completely yeah. just throw off the conversation. So, yeah. obviously, whatever happened or whatever was said, I was like, oh, I'm just going to completely interrupt this and throw it upside down. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> For whatever reason, I have no idea why. Um, I remember, though, we would yeah. do that about lots <laughs> I can expand on that if you want, but I felt like you had a point to make there. So, I I don't really have a point. I'm, I'm I, I didn't remember that, so um, I'm pretty surprised I did that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they still gave you a good review for what it's worth, so it's fine. Cool. Um, but yeah, I remember we used to have this thing where it was like, you would text me or I would text you. It didn't really matter saying pint question mark and then it would turn into like kite question mark or like words that rhymed with pint oh. and it just kept on going and like i remember for like five days in a row we planned to go for a pint but we never even left the house because we just kept texting shit that was so fucking stupid every fucking time uh, it's just I, like... I, I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's very that's very gear on as well. Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Like just stupid uh, <laughs> sense of humor or whatever. But yeah. um yeah. I suppose a lot of people have that with friends, you know, just kinda I don't know. The stuff that makes sense to us but makes no sense to anybody else 
I think, you know. Yeah, I think everyone has that. It's it's what in in Live Forever by Oasis when he says we'll see things they'll never see. That's he's talking about that inside thing, that inside like connection that people have or whatever it is. But I always feel like that me, you, and Kieran have that to a degree that nobody else has because some of the stuff that we say is actually like genuinely like brain dead, fucking stupid. Like I mean, like flat line on a fucking whatever monitor like really fucking dumb shit but it just always comes up and resurfaces and is somehow equally as funny every time even though it's the same joke over and over it's just like recontextualized and i don't like if i were to like take myself out of the situation and observe it i would be like these guys are fucking idiots <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah true but every yeah, time I'm in yeah. the middle of it, I'm just like, well, this is the this is actually the funniest moment of my entire life up to this point. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's just uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say something really stupid, but I won't. What were you going to say? I was going to say that I hope that I can say when all my days are done that I've had my fun. Every time you introduce that song, you're like, "Yeah, I've got some friends who are a bunch of fucking idiots like me, and uh, you know, we'll always remember them and well, the good times and all that stuff." So, like, well, you know, I I didn't actually write that song. Mark wrote that song, but Mark did write that song. Yeah, yeah. But for me, the song like we needed one more song for our first album, and Mark came along with this one, and it was class. Man, I actually remember when you first played that for me and Kieran, and um, and you said it was Mark's song, and like I don't know, some weird coincidence. We were going to Mark's house for like a, a house party later that day, and I remember like me and Kieran both being like, "Man, that song though," and Mark being really embarrassed because he's equally as bad at taking compliments as you are, and just being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> I think I th I think it's probably something we should both work on. But, uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, like that. It, it's a great song. Like he actually, is, yeah. for him, for him, he told me he wrote it about uh, Woodsy, our friend who passed away, and like, yeah, we did lots of stuff. Like, uh, we did a cover version of All My Friends, LCD Sound Systems, All My Friends, and uh, yeah, you know, got our friends in and stuff to. To sing along and stuff at the end, and because that was his favorite song. But yeah, Mark just kind of was like, Here, I have this song, and it's about Woodsy. But for me, I interpret it as kind of growing up and looking back and nostalgia and type, type thing. And it, it, look, first and foremost, it's a great song. So, 
So yeah. It is. But um but yeah. I don't know. I'd like to think that anybody at the age of 80 years of age would agree with that line, you know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was just saying like it's a bit the, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, yeah. I get you totally. But like, yeah, in fairness, you know, um, yeah, it's great to do. Um, when all um, our days are done. If, did you if, have uh, fun? <laughs> did you have fun though? Did you have a good time there? If you're um, <clears throat> if you're still comfortable being on the record, Steve, I'll ask you one more thing before we wrap this episode up, right? Um, and also, like, I really appreciate you coming back to the podcast because you are by far the most sought after guest. Like, everybody always comments or DMs me or whatever, and always says like, "When is Steve coming back?" And it's, um, I'm always a little, <laughs> in my head, I'm a little bit like, was hoping that you would like the episode with just me, but uh, fine, I'll get Steve back if that's what you really want. But um, yeah, no, I appreciate it uh, because it's, it's a big coup for a, a podcast like this. Um, uh, dude, well, look, to be honest, man, I don't, I I really respect you. You're awesome and I'm happy to know you. And you're an awesome dude. And we don't see each other enough. But yeah. I, I do your podcast whenever, you know. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, you're you're a good friend. So that's why I'm doing it. And if, like, Codeline fans listen in, that's cool too. Let's, um, let's do it again. Um maybe next time like i'll just go out to your house like i did with the last one and we'll like actually just record it in person or something because um they're lifting the lockdown in i think it's like 12 days it goes from 10 kilometers to 20 kilometers so like i'll just come out to your house and we can fucking chill and have a few beers and record a podcast or something yeah no proper yeah absolutely no um, um but yeah. All right. So <laughs> let me ask you. Um, cause there, this is actually the kind of question that I would like to ask a lot of bands that I'm into. I think like, you know how um, when a when a band is in the initial stages of blowing up, they attract a lot of hype and buzz and stuff. And um, any of their like street teams or like their most kind of overzealous fans or their most enthusiastic fans find their songs that have not yet made it to record right and you just had a few of these i think in the early days um tracks that were played live but were never actually recorded like latch your cover of latch is a good example of that um where it was recorded as a as a song on the deluxe edition of one of your albums um so you played for me a lot of songs that you that you demoed early on <clears throat> in the very early stages of In a Perfect World. Are they ever going to see the light of day, or have you scrapped them, or have you like offered them out to other bands, or like what like? Because I know you're sitting on a fair few songs that are like pretty fucking good. What's uh what's the update on those, or is there any, or like what's happening with them? Well, I think as 
as codes aligned, I'm pretty sure, like, pretty much, there was a lot of stuff thrown away on the first album, but not a lot. Like, not that much. I think, like, every song that was on that album we worked on. And they may have started off as ideas and stuff, and we would have heard them, but they weren't yeah. fully finished until we actually sat in the studio. And kind of the same for the second album. Um, okay, I will buy that. No, there are there are songs like floating around there, but uh, I do, I don't know. Like I mean, um, there's a lot of songs, but if if we don't put it on an album, we don't believe in it enough to actually put it out there. Yeah, that's fair. I guess. Like that makes sense. It's it's the least satisfying answer for a fan of her songs. Yeah, no, but um, I did like. Man with the like, foolish grin is keeping perfectly still. Nobody wants to know him. They can see that he's just a fool, and he never gives an answer. But the the sun going down and the eyes in his head see the world spinning around well on the way head in a cloud man of a thousand voices talking perfectly loud nobody ever sound he appears to make and he never seems to notice but the fool on the hill sees the sun going down and the eyes in his head see the world spinning around
psychokinesis? Is that what they call it? Yeah, telekinesis. Is it for tele tele te telekinesis? Yeah. You still doing that? <laughs> I never stop with that. When it comes to tele, that's like the only thing that I take seriously in life is telekinesis, and I take it immensely seriously. You must be like a grade five now or something, eh? Man, I'm a grade seven and a half. Holy shit! Watch this! Watch this! Watch this! Watch. See that? I, 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 I missed it. You'll feel it. <laughs> You'll feel it in about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a while. There's a delay. <laughs> You'll know. You just come down with a horrible headache or something, like in the middle of the podcast. Blood coming oh, no, out your I eyes. A, I, no, I get a full force punch in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just fly off the chair. Oh man. <laughs> Somebody bought the midnight hour duvet covers. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Can you not can you not ask them who it was? I know who it was. Oh do you? Yeah. Yeah. Who was it? I'm not telling you. <laughs> But it was somebody that I know. Somebody, a fan of the show, obviously. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty excellent, isn't it? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Are there any Coda Line duvet covers? No. Not yet. Uh, yes. Um, but, it's a good, but it's a good idea. It is, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, one step ahead of a competition. That's what I always say. 